March 17th, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin. Let's go to two lines from the bottom again. Says the Gemara, V'savar bimeir kol arayot shbedin shel Yisrael mimitina aleha. Is it really so that Rabbi Meir, and we just saw this mentioned in an initial Beraita, Rabbi Meir had told us that any irva shebetin shel Yisrael mimitina aleha, which means to say any wrongful sexual relations, which if a Yisrael committed with another Yisrael, they'd be put to death for it. That includes specifically circumstance, circumstances, generally speaking, that are not per se blood relatives, but rather through marriage. In other words, if it's a married woman, or it's a circumstance where it's, well, a married woman in a different way, it's your your uncle's wife or your aunt, through marriage, any of those sorts of circumstances, as opposed to, I mentioned, as opposed to, as we, we read in Rashi yesterday, your sister and so forth. In the blood relative line, generally speaking, the Torah has karet attached to those. Over here, when we're talking about these sorts of relations and relationships, it's mitah. So in any of those circumstances, stated Rabbi Meir clearly, where the Torah says you get put to death if you're a Yisrael and involved in such a relationship, if a Ben Noach were to get involved with it, he too would get put to death. And specifically in those circumstances, is it really so? Because even Rabbi Meir, who seems to be bold in making this very clear statement, is not at all that clear if we're to compare it to another Beraita in which his opinion is mentioned. And we'll see it's all but clear with regards to who B'nai Noach, non-Jews, are Nizhar Alehem with regards to Gidui Arayot. Tanya doesn't the Beraita say, Ger Shahayeta So the circumstance, again, as we mentioned yesterday, is a situation in which a woman who's not Jewish uh, is impregnated in a regular marriage, imagine. And in turn, uh, what, during that pregnancy, she converts. During that pregnancy, she converts. That's a situation of horato shelobiktusha, the, the pregnancy stage, shelobiktusha, without the sanctity of Israel. But ledato, but then the birth is biktusha. There's, uh, there was a conversion in the interim. What's the status of the baby over there? The status of the baby, technically speaking, is a ger. The status of the baby is a convert. Now, converts don't have any of these prohibitions. Converts in a situation of ger shenit gayer kikatan shenolad dame, generally speaking, if not always, when it comes to conversion, the halacha is that you lose any of your relationships to previous uh, family members. That's all lost to you. And as a result, all is on the table with regards to, you know, in the technical quote-unquote sense, you're then not related to anyone. You begin a fresh new world. Well, that being the case, technically speaking, according to the Torah, in such a situation... Well, understood, but he and his mother were both converts. Now, it's true, his mother is perhaps related to him, but certainly nobody and nothing else has any relation to him. He's to the extent that it all started fresh, all started new, and unrelated. So if it's not related to anyone, he shouldn't have any prohibitions. The halakha, nonetheless, is midrabbanan from the rabbis, where we prohibit him in relations that non-Jews are prohibited in. In other words, it looks wrong and it seems inappropriate. This individual who came from being a non-Jew did a conversion, and the conversion renders that individual who, when he began, was not Jewish, is born Jewish, and now he's going to be permitted to everyone. As a result, we say, well, you keep the prohibitions 
that a non-Jew had. What are the prohibitions of a non-Jew with regards to Gilui Arayot? So we're going to uh, we're going to make that clear. For example, Yesh lo she'er ha'im ve'en lo she'er ha'av. The halacha is that with regards to blood relations to mother relatives, someone who's related to you through the mother line, we'll discuss what that means in a second, that's where the prohibitions m- remain. If it's through the father line, in other words, you're related to this sister, for example, only because you share a father, in such a situation, you'd be permitted. Well, says the Beraita, how so? And again, keep in mind, what we have to have in mind over here is we're somehow going to be contradicting what we stated earlier. Statement of Rabbi Meir, the initial statement of Rabbi Meir is any situation that a Yisrael gets a death penalty for these wrongful relations, a Ben Noach, a non-Jew is, Nizhar, has the warning and would be punished as well. We're going to say it explicitly right now. A regular convert is excluded from who? A regular convert now, if technically speaking their sister converts, technically speaking, they're permitted to them. Now, clearly, if they're Jewish now, they're prohibited to non-Jews. But if they're Jewish, uh, they don't have any real relations. If they're aunt, for example, and we'll discuss not all because of these sorts of issues, were to convert, they're permitted. It's, you know, it, it's, it, it's the vision... It's the vision through and through. What, what's that? It's, it's a, a new soul. It's a new soul. A new soul to the extent that it's really new, you know, so to speak. Yesh me'ayim, created from nothing. Ha-ketzad ha'oson, nasa'achoto min'ayim. In such a circumstance, you married your sister, you share the same mother. You might share the same father as well, but at the very least, you share the same mother, you'll see. You know, we say that you have to get divorced. You have to separate. That That's prohibited. Yeah, it's not prohibited from the Torah. It's prohibited in Midrabbanan because non-Jews would be prohibited in such a relationship. Minha'av, there's your case, Morris. It's your sister from your father. In such a situation, this ger shehorato shelo biktusha ledato biktusha yekayem. We say, sure, go ahead and continue being married to her. Being married to my sister, that's right. She's sister from your father. Now you have to imagine that she too, what's, you have to imagine, you're on top of it, Charlie, you have to imagine that she too converted. If she didn't also convert, then we say, you'll see, because she's not Jewish, and you're involved with a non-Jew. Where did we come up with this distinction between from the father and from the mother? The Gemara will really quote it on Dafnun Chetam Mudbet, on the second side of the page. Rashi already quotes it. I mean, it's, you, you, might, well, you might not be too surprised by it, but it's a conversation of Abraham to Avimelech. And so here's the Pasuk. Abraham with Avimelech. Avimelech has all sorts of afflictions. He gets in trouble. God speaks to him. You're involved with Sarah. Wrong full act. It wasn't only Paro, it was also with, Av- with Avimelech that there's an attempted or full-fledged relations with Sarah. And when he brings Sarah back to Abraham and uh, decries the wrongfulness of Abraham, you didn't tell me, you told me it was your sister, says Abraham, you should know, first and foremost, I, you were going to kill me. Secondly, Vigam Omna, Rashi quotes it right here on the right-hand side, Vigam Omna, Ahoti, Bat Avi, he, 
He says, the truth is, she is my sister, which she's speaking to the fact that I said she was my sister, which was true. But he furthermore says, the daughter of my father. Why add in the words, the daughter of my father? The understanding of the rabbi says, because that's why she was permitted to me. Now, I wasn't lying to you that she's my sister. She's related to me through my father's side. But she's nonetheless permitted to me, even according to our Noah laws, because she's min ha'av. Well, that all being the case brings us back to our circumstances. The halacha is ahot. We go onward. It is your aunt from your father, but how is your father and, and aunt related one to the other? Through their mother, through your grandmother. So it's a mother line that links these two, your father and your aunt, you'll see, in such a circumstance, we say divorce is appropriate. Why is divorce necessary? Because again, it's a blood relative from a mother lineage, from a maternal line. What about if it's min ha'av? What about if the relation is your father and his sister, specifically and only sharing the same father? What's the halacha over there? Yikayim, again, we're saying in the context, and we could discuss philosophically why when we get there on Amud Bet, but in the context of B'nai Noah, the lineage, the specifics with regards to Gidui Arayot is determined by the mother and not by the father. So far, none of this has yet bothered us in the context of that statement of Rabbi Meir. Because after all, all of these sorts of wrong correlations by Yisrael, the halacha is, they don't get put to death. So at most, ironically, we're going to get a little bit nervous of Yotzi, why would you be Yotzi in the maternal uh, uh, relations? By a Yisrael, it's wrong, but it's not punishable by death. But it's going to get a little bit more explicit than even that. Ahot ha'em min ha'em. What if it's your aunt from your mother, who in turn is related to this sister from their mother? Well, certainly in such a circumstance, you got a double negative. It's both your mother. It's not so bad. It's your aunt. So think uh, you need me to give the, uh, the the SS line over here. It's your mother's sister. You need the name. It's your mother's sister, and your mother thankfully has the same father and mother as her sister. But in this circumstance, it's just sharing the same mother. Why? How are they just sharing the same mother? Second second marriage. Whatever the circumstances. In such a situation, of course, you'll see. You have you got married in such a situation. A little bit. I don't know, not, not the norm, but that's what you went ahead and did as a uh, individual who's a non-Jew, or a horato shelo b'ktusha, le'dato b'ktusha, yotzi, ahot ha'em min ha'av. Now, it technically speaking is from your mother, because it's your mother's sister, but they only share one parent. What's that parent? The father. That's an interesting situation. On the one hand, it's mother, maternal line. On the other hand, a really maternal line happens to be related through your mother, but it's only because of a male connection, your grandfather. Rabbi Meir Omer Yossi. Rabbi Meir says, well, is there a maternal connection? If there's a mother connection, it's your mother's sister. Yossi. Hachamim Omrim Yekayem. Hachamim said, well, technically speaking, again, that's the rub over here. The question is over here, related because of your mother, but not really through your mother's blood, it's through your grandfather's blood. It's the grandfather who births both your mother and your aunt, not your grandmother. So they're related through male blood, so to speak. As a result, there's a mahluk between Bimeir and Hachamim still not fully triggering our antennas as to that initial statement of Rabbi Meir, who told us again, kol Yisrael aleha, kol aleha, noach muzharin aleha. That's what we're trying to, that really hasn't been contradicted 
overtly yet. But we're getting there. Shehayar bimeir omer kol erva shehim mishum she'er im if it's because of a relation. And the maternal line, of course, in the mother, Yossi, Mishum She'er Ha'av, Yekayim, if it's a, uh, a paternal connection, it's because of your father, Yekayim. Okay, here we go. Umutar Be'eshet Ahiv. Hmm. And the, this individual, a non-Jew, or the Le'dato She'lo B'Kdusha, the Horato She'lo B'Kdusha, Le'dato B'Kdusha, is permitted in to their brother's Wife. Now, clearly, it's after the death of the brother, right? Because in such a situation, that's b'makom mitzvah. Rabbi says b'makom mitzvah if the brother doesn't have any children. That's if they didn't convert. Even if they converted, let's say they converted. So what do you mean? What's the? I don't want to get involved in your thought process over here, but I'm gonna. I'll just make it clear for you initially. Your sister-in-law, let's call it, is prohibited to you forever because your brother, I don't know your brother, oh, I do know your brother. Your brother has many children. Your brother has many sons. I, your brother should live a, and will live a very long life. She's prohibited to you forever. According to Din Torah, she's permitted only if there's no children. Over here, and, and certainly we're talking about after death, during life, she's a eshet ish, that's no question. But over here we're saying the non-Jew is permitted to Eshet Ahiv, so their brother, so their sister-in-law. That shouldn't be the case. It would be Meir. You told me that's not the case. If a Yisrael would be killed for such a relation, that's killed. That's Mishum Ishut is what we call it. Because of marriage, there's a relation. Not a blood relative, so to speak. Not in terms of a lineage that connects them, but rather because of a marriage, that should be prohibited. Ube Eshet Ahi Aviv. You're furthermore permitted to your aunt from your father's brother. Your father's brother, so it's the Harari line, my family, and it's his sister, again, assuming I wasn't true, all that sort of business. In such a situation, that's also permitted. That's permitted, but by Yisrael, that's certainly not permitted. A Yisrael would get put to death for such a relation. Ushar kol arayot mutarot lo. And the rest of the forbidden arayot are also permitted. Le'atuye eshet aviv. To include to the extent, and this Mars, you won't even make the mistake in the initial state, I don't think, to include your father's wife. Now, clearly after the death of your father again, clearly after a conversion. But ultimately speaking, we're permitting your father's wife as a non-Jew after conversion of the two of them or in our situation of born at following the conversion while in womb. The but, same line of thinking as he said before. Right. Exactly. A new Abraham, a sister, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu's uh, parents. Uh, it's exactly what you were saying before. It will follow. It will follow the rules and laws of this beraita. It won't follow the laws and rules that we saw stated from Rabbi Meir earlier. Rabbi Meir earlier was a lot more simple. Rabbi Meir earlier didn't get into these intricacies, although he could. But ultimately speaking, his principle was: I first check in the Torah for Yisrael. If there's a death penalty for Yisrael, when the non-Jew convert comes in front of me, I say to him, Asur Mutar, based on what the Torah tells me. That's clear. That's straightforward. Now you'll have an intricacy if it's from your mother's line or your father's line. Over there, you're not even putting to death the non-Jew, necessarily. You'd imagine going to be mayor, because where Yisraeli gets cut it, we're not putting to death. But these are prime examples of, of course you're putting to death. Of course they're Nisar Alem. They're Asurot the Yisrael. Yes. If you convert, if you have all the connection too from everybody. Yes. That means 
She's free, free woman now. She's a free Jewish woman. You'd make, because she got everything now. Charlie, you'd make that argument about all these halachot. Oh. We're stating all these halachot are following a vision of Midrabanan since their asurot to Bene Noach. So in turn, we're following through for this Yisrael, this new Yisrael, which means to say it was asur for Bene Noach. So skip the conversion, keep it in that context, or have it in the conversion context, Midrabanan. You have either way you want to envision it, but ultimately speaking, the halachot are maintained. There are mutar and there are asur. Nasa isha ubita. Strange situation. Got married to a woman and her daughter. Rashi has two interpretations. We'll go with the first one. And they were converted as well afterwards. So you're married to a, a woman and her daughter. And there's conversion. We're all good Jewish people. Strange, terrible family. What's that? That's allowed ever? Of course it's not allowed. But now we all converted. So we're not related any longer. Kones ahat umotzi ahat. Now you can keep one. And get rid of the other one, even as a Ben-Noah. However, ideally, and we can deal with this separately in the Gemara bed, uh, ideally shouldn't be involved even, even with one of them. Okay. Meta ishto. What if uh, his wife, this, this uh, non-Jew, this convert, his wife passes away. Mutar bahamoto. It's permitted with it to his mother-in-law. Permitted to his mother-in-law. What happened to permitted his mother-in-law? It'll be Meir. You're going to agree to that? Who Nobody. Who he was not married to. Of course, not married to his I mean, I shouldn't he say of course. There's no of courses at this point anymore. Correct, time. correct. Excuse me. Correct. This is not the situation. It's a separate situation. You were just married to one woman, but the halakha, you should all be aware. I hope nobody has their eyes. You're never going to be permitted to your mother-in-law. That's the halakha. You're never permitted to your mother-in-law. Even after the death, lo aleinu, never happen of your wife in your lifetime. But the halakha will be here. The statement is, if your wife, as this guy, this convert, this non-Jew, let's re- do it on that end. If his wife passes away, if the non-Jew's wife passes away, permitted his hamoto to his mother-in-law. It's not true. What are you talking about? How's she permitted to his mother-in-law? Rabbi Meir told us at the bottom of Dafnun Zayin, in the middle of Dafnun Zayin, Amudbet, that the halakha is we go and we open our Torah and we look at what's permitted or forbidden to Israel with regards to death penalty. Death penalty with all, not all the severities, but you have, you have a punishment with regards to this why is this in turn you have a diminished one but you have it nonetheless you have why is this permitted the ikada amre and there are those there's a second version asur bahamot okay so the second version that there's a prohibition to your mother-in-law but ultimately speaking we have a contradiction here of sorts with regards to rabbi meir is rabbi meir mirroring the isur with mitah by yisrael to b'nei noach or is he not? Amar Lakasha says Rav I don't have a, a difficulty on this. You should know this rabbi, this Rabbi Meir. He had several rabbis he, himself, and sometimes he would quote his rabbis. Maybe it didn't, didn't get codified as quoting them, but he would quote them. And so, as a result, you found the contradiction in his words. One time he was quoting from one rabbi. Another time he was quoting from another rabbi. I had one time in in uh, in Israel, just so you understand, just uh, in Israel, a, a rabbi, uh, and my father was in the same. Him and Rabbi Soloveitchik uh, years before him, maybe 20 years before him. My father came to visit uh, my father and he were on very different life uh, paths in terms of hashkafa, in terms of thought. And they met. My father told me about the meeting afterwards. So my father asked him, he said, didn't the... Uh, 
Then aren't you a student of the same rabbi as me? So he said, every, every student only has one rabbi. So I have many rabbis and many profound influences on me. And I have all sorts of influences which shape me in all sorts of different ways. My father was very impressed by the answer, I remember. And as he came in, he was just a little surprised by this. He remembered the rabbi and all that sort of thing. But as in this context, that's the Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir isn't just a singular opinion, A. And B, he has his own personal opinions. He found the contradiction. We can sufficiently st- state, he was at one point quoting from one, and another point quoting from another. It's not easy because you'd want it to say to be Meir Amar Bishem, but we can get away with it because there are different opinions. Says the Gemara, La Kasha. Aselecharav will be with regards to your primary approach and opinions to Halacha. It doesn't mean you can't quote others. No, so, no, oh no, so that's the point. No, so that's the point. In other words, why can't you change your mind? You, 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 you you, I, I, I agree with Rabbi Akiba, but you know what? You open the can of worms. No, I'm gonna on. tell. I'm gonna tell you what I what you did to, to us. I'm gonna tell. Ways. I'm gonna tell you what you did to us. You did to us. Why can't you change your mind? Anytime I walk into the class and I open up the book and I say, "You see, it says Asura over here." You say, "But I heard he changed his mind." Halas. Now we don't know what to do. No, you you ruin the world of uh, not you. It's, this is done. Unfortunately, it's done all the time. You ruin the world of scholarship. Victor knows my favorite example of it. My favorite example is Benish Hayrai. It's a Biosef Hayim of Baghdad. He writes in his book Rav Pe'alim that the halacha is, and he goes through it halachically speaking. We've discussed it on other occasions that bicycle riding is mutan on Shabbat. That's what he writes. And then several of his students of students of students state. That the tradition is, it's in Kafahayim, in, in his name, Yaskil Abdi in his name, he changed his mind. That's the statement, he changed his mind, he, he decided it was Asur. After he wrote it? After he wrote it. Says Chacham Vadya Yosef. Says Chacham Vadya Yosef. All right, stand there, stand there. Says Chacham Vadya Yosef in several places. What do you do to the world of Jewish scholarship? What do you do to the world of halakha? If you now, whether he did or didn't, if he didn't put it in writing, even if his son wrote it, even if his wife attested to it, you can't accept such an opinion. It doesn't mean that's the halakha, but it means that's the halakha according to Ben Ishchai. Furthermore, says Hacham Vadya Yosef, if you look in the Hosafot, in the back of Rav Pe'alim, he explicitly addresses what they state against you know, the other opinion. But what I'm saying is you can't, we'll never do that, not, we'll rarely do it in Talmud, we'll try our hardest not to do it in Halakha, that maybe he just changed his mind. If you change his mind and it's not in writing, we're in a lot of trouble with regards to ever accepting anyone's right. opinion. So as a result, says the Gemara, Amar of Yehuda, La Kashya, there's no contradiction over here. Ha Rabbi Meir, Alibad Rabbi Li'ezer, Ha Rabbi Meir, Alibad Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva was actually the, the student of Rabbi Li'ezer. Rabbi Meir is a little bit in between the two. And as a result, Rabbi Meir had influences, although we generally assume primarily from Rabbi Akiva, he had influences from Rabbi Li'ezer. Rabbi Li'ezer and Rabbi Yoshua were the contemporaries whom we imagine and understand as the rabbis of Bi'akiva, says Gemara, Rabbi Meir must have been once quoting in the name of Bi'akiva, and the other time for Bi'akiva. Who are these two opinions? Detanya, as the Beraita teaches. Alken, therefore, Ya'azov Isha Tavivetimmo. Remember this pasuk? This pasuk by Adam Harishon. Immediately after the creation of Adam Harishon, he exclaims about how excited he is 
that he found the proper soulmate. Who's that proper soulmate? A woman we know as Hava. Says the Pasuk, Alkein, therefore, says Rashi, as I mentioned two days ago, Batkol, so to speak. Uh, Kadosh Baruch Hu, this is just exclaiming this. It's quote-unquote the Torah, the narrator, God speaks up. In other words, there's no one talking in the text. Alkein, therefore, watching this situation uh, um, progress of Adam and Hava and so forth, should know in the future this is the ideal circumstance. It's true, we're not talking about Avivimo, but in the future, Avivimo, you're going to leave your parents, be together, you're going to cleave to your wife, and we don't just read this as a beautiful story, as a happily ever after, we read it as instructive, we read it as halachot, how so? Let's understand those words, it says that you leave your father and you leave your mother, he understands that we will be understanding that as you leave those permitted circumstances, those are no longer permitted. Alken, you have halachot, you're in this domain of marriage, no involvement with aviv imo. What does aviv imo mean? Aviv is a reference to ahot aviv. It's the sister of your father. That makes some sense, but the sister of your father is permitted. Ahot imo, what about when the pasuk says, and your mother that you're leaving, ahot imo. It's a reference to the sister of your mother. That's the statement of Rabili Ezer. Now, Rabili Ezer has not committed himself to any prohibitions with regards to the domain and the realm of marriage relations, right? This Rabili Ezer very much is linking us into specifically and only blood relations prohibitions for B'nai Noah. That's what we have over here, the sister of your father and the sister of your mother. It's not the wife of your brother, or any of those sorts of circumstances. Keep in mind, these are two opinions we've been dealing with earlier within the domain of Rabbi Meir. We're uncertain about those. This Rabbi Li'ezer sounds very much like our second Beraita. Our second Beraita told us, according to Rabbi Meir, a lot of those marriage situations were permitted. Remember the mother-in-law and the Ahot Eshet Ahiv and so forth. Those uh, we can plug those into here because look at Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva Omer, Aviv, when the Pasuk says your father, it means Eshet Aviv, the wife of your father. Of course, after the death of your father, as the Gemara will be clear in a little bit, but that already, before we even read onward, that is, we understand that as the first opinion of Rabbi Meir. Remember the first opinion of Rabbi Meir? If it's prohibited by death penalty to a Yisrael, open our Torah, that's what's prohibited as well to B'nai Noach. Well, that's the opinion over here. So what we just did effectively in the first two lines over here is say, Rabbi Li'ezer is the second statement of Rabbi Meir, and Rabbi Akiva is the first statement. Rabbi Li'ezer is the second statement of the Bimeir, he's permitting the marriage relations, the situation where it's your mother, mar- well, not your mother, the woman married to your father. Rabbi Eliezer, the first opinion, uh, that's the first opinion. Second opinion, Rabbi Akiva, who prohibits them, he taps into our initial Bimeir. Bimeir must have been quoting him over there. He says, if, an, if a Jew's an allah, is a Jew allowed to get married to his father's wife after the death of his father? Certainly not. Neither is a Ben Noah. And so furthermore, Imo, what's the reference to in the Pasuk? Imo, Imo Mamash, it's a reference to your mother, Mamash, Vidavak. And then the Pasuk says, okay, so that's that's the Mahlokin, and that's how we resolve it. But now that we're on it, let's read the rest of the Pasuk and understand it, because the Pasuk doesn't just say, it doesn't just say, leave your father and mother, which we're understanding and deriving from that all sorts of laws, two opinions of Bimir, and so forth. But it continues, it says, Vidavak. Vidavak means, and you'll cleave to. It says, 
It's a reference to cleaving to a female. Or a woman, and on the flip side, cleaving to a male. Where'd you see in that that it's not to a male? In other words, that's the prohibition for B'nai Noach of, of homosexuality. Who said? Says Rashi, because the word to cleave, v'davak, implies that there's something joining the two. That's pleasure, that's enjoyment. Whereas perhaps for the shochev, says Rashi, the one who's active in the homosexual activity, he perhaps is deriving pleasure. The other, the nishkav, does not derive any pleasure. V'davak then teaches me that it's only in a reproduction in which both sides could derive pleasure. So you say that I'm, I'm getting a little too graphic on this. Perhaps I am, but there's a nice message as well. It's coming. Wait for it. It goes like this. The Torah in Sefer Devarim has a commandment, Uldov Kabo. The Torah has a commandment that we're supposed to not just cleave to our wives, but cleave to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In the book Egletal, Egletal was written by the Sakachav Rebbe, a Hasidic Rebbe who wrote on, um, on Hilchot Shabbat. Egletal is written about 150 or so years ago. Uh, he has an introduction to it. The book is a real halacha book with regards to Hilchot Shabbat. It's a very important book with regards to Hilchot Shabbat. In the introduction, he talks about Birkot Torah. Birkot Torah, we say every morning, we say, Aldivre Torah, Ha'arevna, Shebahadbana. Those are Birkot Torah. The question always is, those Birkot Torah, how do I characterize those Berachot? Are those Berachot on mitzvah, on the fulfillment of the mitzvah of Tomot Torah? Or are they're just praise to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Those are the general two opinions. What's the difference? Well, there are major differences. So Sfaradi women be saying it. Sfaradi women don't make berachot on mitzvot that they're not commanded. They don't do on lulav and so forth. Should they make the berachot on Torah? Shohan Aruch writes in Siman Memzayin, women make those berachot. Women make those berachot. Clearly, or it appears, he's not referring to Bekot mitzvah. So what are those Berachot? Says the Egletal, says the Sakachav Rabbi, they are Bekot HaNehenin. Bekot HaNehenin is when I say Shehakol on this because I'm going to derive benefit. Hana'a means benefit. Suggests Egletal, he says, people are mistaken. They believe that if I'm learning Torah with the real intention, with the right thought, Torah Lishma, it means I'm not enjoying it. Right. His suggestion... Because that's my own enjoyment. I'm supposed to be pouring out myself into the other. Kivyachol into Akadosh Baruch Hu's domain without any enjoyment. He says it's a wrongful thought. That's what some people believe. Says Egletal, anything but the truth. Uldov Kabo, listen to the word he quotes our Gemara. Dibuk means Hana'a. Dibuk, the cleaving, the connectedness, means that I'm deriving benefit. An ideal relationship with God, then, is one in which I'm enjoying, one in which I'm deriving a benefit. He suggests, therefore, that Talmud Torah, at its most ideal state, is one in which I'm enjoying it. But that's Shilolishma. That's not Shilolishma. That's a relationship. A relationship means something's bonding, binding the two of us together. Over here, it's the enjoyment, it's the pleasure. I have something tangible, something that I can, in my own mind, say, this is what connects me to you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's not a problem. Now, again, he suggests it's a Bekota Nehenin. Okay, that's the Hidush over there. But ultimately speaking, what he's stating, what he's telling us is that your own study of Torah, at the most ideal sense, your own relationship with God, at its most ideal sense, is not one, as another religion would tell you, that it's ascetic, 
that I sterilize this relationship and I distance myself and I do it, pour it all in without any emotional benefit, quote unquote, to myself, but rather it's the opposite. It's the dibuk, and that is the very definition. Of course, it describes a relationship with husband and wife as well. If that's dibuk here in the Torah, it means one in which we're enjoying one another in every aspect, not only sexually. It means we're enjoying one another. That's what binds us. That's the dibuk that is ideal. Continues the dirasham. We have just three more lines over here. Be'ishto. Pasuk says, V'davak be'ishto. V'davak, we said, to prohibit homosexuality. Be'ishto. Furthermore, in the dirashot of Rabbi Akiva. V'lo be'eshet havero. And you're not allowed to, of course, be married, get, get involved with an eshet ish. That one's somewhat straightforward. We've been assuming throughout. And even Bili Ezra will agree with that, but that's the derasha. Again, be'ishto, not an eshet ish, of course, when your friend is still alive. The basar had, and then the final words on the pasuk is, and they will become one flesh. As I told you, Rashi in the Torah explains us Peshat, although we learned it earlier a bit differently. Here we're going to go with Peshat. So, and they will become one flesh. What does it mean they will become one flesh? It's through this relations that they can and will bring forth one flesh, meaning a child. Yaseu, that's coming to tell you that there are specific relations that are prohibited. Behema vehaya, animal, whether domesticated or wild. There's no such thing if a human being has relations with them. You're not bringing forth in any way, shape, or form some sort of basarehad, some sort of child and lineage from that, those, that relations. But let me just again very briefly summarize why this all came up in the Gemara. The Gemara began us today with that contradiction, Stira and Rabbi Meir. Is Rabbi Meir prohibiting, is his understanding the Torah is prohibiting for Bnei Noach any relations, any Gidui Arayot which Israel mimitina alehen, or is he has some sort of other me- mechanics over here because he seems to be permitting your mother-in-law, he seems to be uh, for a non-Jew, he seems to be permitting your sister-in-law under circumstances. How are those permitted? How could those be permitted? You're certainly put to death as a Jew if you're involved in such relationships. Suggested the Gemara, that was Rabbi Meir, Alibat of his two rabbis, Rabbi Eliezer and Akiva, ultimately speaking, concluding us with these several derashot with regards to the specifics of B'nai Noach and teaching us one lesson or another with regards to appropriate relations. Baruch Adonai Amen and Amen.